It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Lineup Logic, the daily fantasy podcast, bringing you lineup construction ideas for the DFS slate to come on FanDuel and DraftKings. Josh Fern talking DraftKings these these days. Um, Yeah, we're moving over. We're moving over to football. We're now moving to FanDuel and DK. Uh, good reasons for all of it, of course. Um, and uh, listen, we got 15 games, or excuse me, a full, not a 15, I believe it's 13 game, 13 game Friday night MLB slate. And Josh and I decided, you know what, we got one more in us before we got to buckle down to our NFL research. Let's take a look at it. It was, It's a great slate, so it's going to be a great player breakdown. We just finished recording it. Before uh, we get to you know what Vegas has to say about the slate and all that good stuff, I just wanted to remind you guys, hey, listen, if you didn't see the video, if you didn't listen to the show today about uh, the NFL you know, content that's upcoming, I want to emphasize the most important point. 100% of subscription fees uh, for Lineup Logic cheat sheets are going to be donated in relief of Hurricane Harvey. 100%. So every single dollar that we make via Patreon um, in September is going to be donated uh, at the start of NFL season. So you guys are going to see um, your $10 basically go straight straight to charity. None of that's coming to me. Uh, it's all going to Greater uh, Houston Area Food Bank. We're going to donate all that money there, local space that's going to need the support um, and and need need to be helping people on the ground in Houston as they, they are a long, long road ahead of them uh, to recovery uh, and still dealing with, with weather down there, which is just unfathomable that, that they're dealing with that. So if you're not subscribed, if you're thinking about subscribing, or you're thinking about donating or whatever the case may be, listen, it's a win-win. $10 donation to the cheat sheet. You use the cheat sheet. Don't use the cheat sheet. Use the Slack chat. Don't use the Slack chat. Either way, you've made a $10 donation to a Houston area food bank. That's, you know, that money, that money goes straight there. I'm not keeping any of it. So a good cause get in there patreon.com slash lineup logic if you are interested that said like i mentioned we got some baseball to talk about so let's go ahead and take a look at the um 
15 games that we have um, that we have upcoming uh, upcoming tonight. All right, first of these is uh, Boston, New York. Um, we we have you know another another episode of this interdivisional stuff in the AL East. It's it's coming on strong right now. Uh, Yankees are at home here, favored. Sonny Gray on the mound, five runs for Sonny Gray to three point nine for the Red Sox. Doug Fister will be pitching for the Red Sox, which is why the Yankees are getting above five runs. That said, you know Doug Fister hasn't been like the gas can that we would expect him to be in this situation. Sonny Gray, good, not uh, not necessarily spectacular, and against a low strikeout, pesky team in a hitter's park like this. Um, you know, his last start against Seattle was phenomenal, but his start before that was against Boston and he only made it through five innings, uh, and, uh, and, and got knocked out, knocked around a little bit. So I'm not in love. I'm not in love with Sonny Gray in this slate, but I could see how people would end up there. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, eight runs projected in PNC. Derek Cole is favored. He's getting a minus 129 favorite here. Um, 4.2 implied for the Pirates, 3.7 for the Reds, who they're pitching Luis Castillo. This actually is pretty two good pitchers here that should be in a good spot. Garrett Cole dominated the Reds in his last outing. He's a good investment, a good price there on FanDuel in the 9K range sitting alone. Toronto-Baltimore, this game, I mean, God, if it produces the same offense it did tonight, this is a slate winner, so go and get it. 10 runs projected here in Camden. Joseph Biagini versus Kevin Gaussman. Um, you gotta, you, you gotta like Baltimore again. Biagini allowing a lot of contact. Five point six runs projected there for the home team. Gaussman pitching well, and he's the favorite here against the Jays. Phillies, Marlins, nine and a half runs projected here. Um, can I interest you in more, John Carlos Stanton? He's got Nick Pavetta coming to town, and Nick Pavetta is a bit of a gas can, my friend. A bit of a gas can. Dylan Peters on the opposite side. He's favored here. The kid coming up from AAA, making his first start. Metrics look good from AAA. They look pretty solid. He should be a solid piece for the Marlins. Obviously, you know, rookie pitcher, uh, you're going to have to be, you got to be a little bit careful there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tread lightly here. And if anything, it's, it's the power hitters in Miami that I'm interested in. Angels Rangers, 10.5 runs projected in Arlington. Tyler Skaggs versus Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels has not been great lately, but the Angels can't seem to hit lefties. And if you really, I mean, that's the annoying part. Although I will say, with the addition of Justin Upton, you kind of like this spot for, for Justin Upton. He hits, he can hit, hit, hit lefties. So maybe it's you go right to uh, the new guy in town, uh, Justin Upton here in this spot against Hamels. Tampa Bay versus Chicago, nine and a half runs projected um, in guaranteed rate. Blake Snell versus Reynaldo Lopez. The Rays are favored here. Lopez just giving up way too many fly balls. Young guy throws the ball hard, giving up way too many fly balls. So the Rays are getting it together. They're expecting the Rays to send a couple of these balls out of guaranteed rate tomorrow night. Royals twins, nine and a half runs projected in Minnesota. Jason Hamill versus Dylan G. Dylan G., uh, is favored here behind what is the hottest offense in baseball. Uh, this I got to think that Dylan G probably wouldn't be favored against Jason Hamill in certain situations, but Jason Hamill has been rough of late. 
getting knocked around quite a bit, uh, no doubt about it. Um, and you know, this is a situation where you, you you like both sides. Neither of these pitchers are very reliable, and I think this game has a, ha, has definitely the ability to hit the over. No doubt about it. Nine and a half runs feels a little bit short to me. I could see ten runs easily from this team uh, in this ballpark. These teams in this ballpark. Nats Brewers nine runs projected in Milwaukee. Tanner Roark versus Jimmy Nelson. You know, it'd be nice to say that Jimmy Nelson is in a good spot here. I just he's been giving up runs. He's been doing the Jeff Samarja kind of thing where he's been elite with the strikeouts and then giving up runs. You know, so the Nationals in this spot with Trey Turner back in the lineup, Jason Worth back in the lineup, they're showing a little bit more discipline. Uh, I don't know that I want to go to Jimmy Nelson here in this spot and just kind of tilt. I don't know if I want to do that to myself. Tanner Roark has been very good in the second half, but the Brewers uh, even got to Geo tonight. I think that the Brewers, um, they're not, they're going to do enough to make me not want Tanner Roark in my lineup, but not enough that I want to necessarily roster all of them. Diamondbacks Rockies, 12 runs projected in course. Taiwan Walker versus Kyle Friedland. This is about a pick em. Six runs projected for each uh, and it, this is, you know, got, the pricing here is just insane. I can't necessarily decide how much I want this. You know, this this is a great possible game stack, but I think that that if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this game, I'm doing it as a game stack. I don't necessarily want uh, all of these pieces individually. Um, you know, that it, it's not a bad situation, um, but. They're so damn expensive that you have no access to to viable viable pitching, and you have to make sure that these bats go off. Dodgers Padres seven runs and projected here, and here's where we get our pitching. The myth, the man, the legend returns. Clayton Kershaw versus the Padres. You mean to tell me you'd rather have cores over Clayton Kershaw versus the Padres? I don't know, man. There's there's certain things, deaths, taxes. Clayton Kershaw versus the Padres. These are all things that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm into I'm interested in, um, you know, I, I think that that's that's where you that's where you that's where you want to be with your pitching. And it's, it's not even close. Um, my dog's over here bugging me, asking me to go out. Athletics Mariners, <laughs> nine and a half runs projected in Safeco. Uh, Mike Leak will get the ball for the Mariners. He just got traded over there versus Sham and I am Mariners favored in this one. They've not been particularly good against lefties, but. I'll be interested to see what this lineup looks like. Manaya has not been good at all recently. Um, so Mariners are pretty cheap at home. There's a lot to like here in this game. I think you could definitely go to go go to the go to the home favorites here. St. Louis, San Francisco, uh, Jack Flaherty pitching for the cards. Uh, apparently, this is the guy they made space for. This Jack Flaherty character. This is the guy that they made space for in order to get to um or they get rid of leaks. So uh, Flaherty's pitching for the Cardinals in this one versus the Giants. Eight and a half runs projected in San Francisco. Johnny Cueto returning from the DL. So I'd be interested to see what Cueto offers in this situation. Uh, who knows? You know, to be completely honest, who knows what he, he's going to be capable of um, uh, here. Uh, you know, kind of kind of hard to tell. Really kind of hard to tell. So, um we will uh, we'll we'll keep an eye out on 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 Cueto 
uh, and see where, which direction he's trending coming off the DL. You know, if he's if he's back to kind of what he was doing, then it's certainly viable to go after him. He's just not really he's not really doing it. All right, so that's it, guys. Player breakdown on the way. Thirteen games for you, Josh Fern, my man here by my side. One last time for the Major League Baseball breakdown before we hit this NFL season hard. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in and figure out who we love. Who do you love? All right, one more Major League Baseball podcast. One last rodeo, Josh. One final hurrah. How are we doing, my friend? One more time. Gonna celebrate. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Sean, I'm good. I'm drinking a uh, a uh, uh, 21st Amendment Brewery uh, Brew Free or Die IPA. Oh, yeah, yeah. 21st Amendment. Winning some moolah on... Uh, DK preseason NFL, um, and uh, feeling pretty good right now with a couple of the MLB lineups uh, looking somewhat promising. We'll see how Michael Waka does this evening, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm good. I'm good, man. And yeah, it's the last MLB podcast for the season, and it's it's unbelievable, man. This this season has flown by. Um, it has, it truly has. And, you know, I, I mean, it feels like I've been, you know, I, I can't even the, the, the blur of breaking down all of these slates, but you know, we're, we're coming on football strong. It's going to be around here, you know, sooner, sooner than we know. And the, and the, you know, the preseason week four, it's over with as far as I'm concerned. It's already started, so it's already over with. You know, there is, unless there's any major injuries to be worried about, it feels like we are ready to go. College football this weekend, NFL next. So, you know, baseball was an amazing, amazing thing. It was fun. Um, but we, we're, we're moving on, football time. And why, why not? Because uh, the fall is for football. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, for you, I mean, all the listeners out there, you know, who are loyal <clears throat> Lineup Logic listeners and hear you every day, I mean, they, they know you do this damn thing every day, you know, but from my vantage point, you know, just spending time talking to you offline and doing the cheat sheets together and collaborating on stuff, like, I know you bust your ass on this, so, you know, I just got to give you pops, pops. Props. <laughs> Got to give you some 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 corn pops. Got to give you some props, Sean. Hey, we're getting pretty old, Fern. When we're giving each other pops instead of, <laughs> I'm gonna crack open a pop for you and pass you a cold one. No, I got to give you some props, man, for uh, just being so committed to this every day. I mean, seriously, like listeners, this guy, two kids, wife. You know, he's got a household to take care of, bills to pay, and. No, you, you kick ass, Sean. You do this every day. You, you're you're the fucking man. Well, you know it's uh, it's fun, and it's uh, you know I'd go crazy if I didn't have something to do. That's yeah. how my brain works. So I exhaust it with um, understanding random things about baseball that other people simply don't know. Yeah. Um, well, let's do it one more fucking let's time. Do it one more time. Yeah, and then um, we're gonna move into some late. NFL foosball, and that's gonna yeah, be dude. so fun. I'm so excited for it. We've been 
we've been talking about, and we'll get to the slate in just a second. Uh, but you know, Sean and I, we've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about some ideas for how we're going to do this football thing, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting. I'm I'm really pumped for it. Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. the uh, The football show should be really fun. Um, and you know, we have a, we have a lot we have a lot to learn there. Um, yeah. But hey, listen, we got 15 games, and what better way to for us to go out, but to usher back in Mr. Clayton Kershaw. It feels like we haven't had a decent, high-quality um, like pitcher in a while. I guess it's the last couple of slates. We really haven't had like a, oh, thank God, I don't have to do worry about my pitching. I just have to roster. Although the Chris Sale was the other night, so Chris Sale was – that's fine, but we get Kershaw back from the DL, and he's got the Padres for a thirteen-five. But what do you think of this matchup? I mean, it's almost perfect, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, th- th- that's a good point. It is kind of uh, it is kind of fun to have Kershaw on our last uh, 2017 MLB show, and yeah, thirteen-five on DK. Um, I'm not. I haven't looked at fan. Oh, for those of you that aren't aware, like. We're kind of, uh, well, I guess I'm going to say we're splitting it up now because the, this is the last show. But going forward, um, you know, I'm more of a, I think I'm going to be leaning more on DraftKings. I'm just liking DraftKings a little bit more these days. Uh, and I could go on and on about that. I'll save you guys the explanation. But um, so when I refer to pricing, I'm referring to DraftKings pricing. But yeah, 13.5 on DK. And what a soft landing for him against the Padres. Uh, the opening line is 2.8 runs implied for San Diego. And uh, Kershaw and the Dodgers are minus 235, heavily favored uh, by the opening lines uh, for Vegas. The Dodgers, they're getting their ace back, and they really need him. They really need him back. You know, obviously Rich Hill and Maeda, you know, they've done really good work, but there's a difference there in Kershaw. I mean, he's just that presence that yeah. nobody can replicate, you know, and uh, he's been out for more than a month with back issues, uh, but really no concerns. You know, he just uh, struck out eight and in five innings in his most recent rehab start in AAA Oklahoma City. Um so he should, you know, come right back and you know have no issues with any sharpness or readjustment periods. Um, no worries about rostering him with full confidence against San Diego. As you guys all know, the big league numbers, you know, unbelievable, pristine, sixty-three xFIP minus, um, which is just outstanding. Thirty-one point one K rate, fourteen percent swinging strike rate. 28.2% hard contact, 24.4 soft contact. I mean, we can go on and on and on. All of those are absolutely outstanding. Bottom line is he's going to continue his dominant form. Um, and like I said, you know, he couldn't ask for a softer landing spot than drawing the Padres. This is a team yeah. with a 65 WRC plus over the past two weeks, second lowest in MLB. Um, so, you know, if, uh, if, I'm, if I'm on FanDuel, um, you know, he's got to be a lock, um, as good of a lock as anyone for cash. And on DraftKings, um, you know, I don't see any way you don't use him, especially with uh, the handful of decent, really low price pitching options for you to offset that large cost. So 
Lock in Kershaw. He's going to be outstanding. He's going to be heavily owned for sure, but for good reason. Yeah, 12.1K on FanDuel, which is, you know, very reasonable given the fact that, you know, he. it's funny. He pitched the opening game of the season, his opening game of the season against the Padres, and he did exactly what Kershaw does. Seven clean innings, eight Ks. You know, quality start, win. It just, that's what he does. It's so... He manages everything. He manages the contact. He manages the, um, you know, the swinging strikes. And I think the thing that I like the most is, is we know how careful the Dodgers are. You know, he's not even. You know, he must feel fine and perfectly healthy if the Dodgers are willing to throw him out there. And and in my mind, that's the biggest vote of confidence. They are. They are. They they will handle this thing with 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 uh, what what's the phrase? Handle this thing with gloves. Kid like gloves. Soft? Kid gloves, thank you. I was going to be like, they will handle this with soft gloves. What? Sean, what? Um, but, yeah, no, they're, they're, they don't mess around with pitcher injuries, so this is a good spot for them. But you t- dive off of a cliff, Fern. The pricing is insane. It's literally like a $3,000 gap down to the next guy who is uh, on FD. The next guy is... Um, is Garrett Cole, who, I mean, has been great um, and just dusted Cincinnati um, in his most recent outing, and I like him, and Sonny Gray is fine, but I think I'm a little bit more interested in this mid-8K range, and one guy that I'm paying attention to is is Kevin Gaussman of Baltimore. You know, Sonny Gray with a matchup, I, I think Garrett Cole, let me, let me let me be very clear, Garrett Cole is in a great spot. Vegas likes him. His numbers recently have been excellent. He just saw Cincinnati. Part of me makes that makes me a little bit anxious. You know, a three day or excuse me, like a five day turnaround on the Cincinnati uh, starting lineup kind of makes me a little bit nervous. But he is at home, and I think he's in a good spot. But I think I, I think I gotta like Kevin Gaussman. You know, Toronto tonight is blowing up, which is you know that's great for 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 fantasy purposes, but. Kevin Gaussman is not Jeremy Hellickson. You know, he does not have the fly ball problem. And Gaussman continues this second half surge. 25% K rate, XFIP below four. You know, he's allowing hard contact. That's always been a thing for him. 34% hard contact. But, you know, his ability to limit base runners, get a few extra strikeouts here. And he lowered his, his walk rate by 1%. I don't know if that's necessarily great. But that maintains, that, that, that still is the issue that I have. The biggest thing in my mind that I worry about is the walks. If he starts to get out of control, Toronto, I feel like Toronto knows how to squeeze pitchers. They know how to sit on pitches with guys with control issues, make the umpire make decisions, and make things go their way in the batter's box. And that's kind of how they've been able to nudge themselves up in the standings recently, I think, just by being more patient and inducing more walks. There was a time, like last week, when they're – walk rate was up over 10 percent it's not quite there anymore it's flirting with nine percent now strikeout rate at 21 percent wrc plus at 89 in the last um in the last you know month or so so they're not you know they're not anything to be scared of i just get so annoyed with them i think the thing that i'm worried about is the walks and whether or not they sit on and reduce his strikeout upside so i mean fern you've been watching You've been watching Gaussman. Do you feel like he's got it right now, or is he kind of was it a flash in the pan in July and August? No, I, you know, I, I think that he's. I mean, 
let's put it this way. Early in the season when we were picking on him, you know, like pretty much every start, you know, he came out. I mean, that was not who he is. And when he was just on fire, um, you know, in recent months, um, I mean, that's definitely, you know, a performance that has to regress a little bit. Uh, but he's right. kind of settling back into that, uh, I guess, that best fit line, if you will, you know, the path where he should be. You know, he he is, uh, at this point in his career, like a slightly above average starting pitcher. You know, he's got the stuff to be an ace. Um, but everything that I've read and seen about him is the mental side of things needs yeah. a lot of work. But, I mean, he's got, you know, top top 15 top 10 stuff as far as starting pitchers go he's got that mid to high 90s fastball that you know can you can blow that by anybody you know and you just start with that and forget about it I mean Gossman is a beast and Toronto is the kind of team that you know pitchers like him can pick on you know overpowering pitchers Um, so I think that he is who he is right now you know slightly above average Definitely startable, without a doubt, against a team like Toronto. So I don't have any reservations about that. Okay. Good. That's what I wanted to hear because I I like him in this spot. And I think, you know, a little bit of the, like, the the effect of of, uh, people, you know, seeing what Toronto is capable of doing tonight, you know, might might lower his ownership. And he is a guy – who can get you eight Ks? Yeah, I mean the thing with him is, you know, he's that like he he's like a he's a fastball slider kind of pitcher, and right. I mean guys like him. I mean, if they can't get the fastball, if, if they can't get teams to respect the fastball, then the slider is worthless because he needs to induce, you know, uh, whiffs, you know, on strike two, you know, and outside of the zone and you know teams weren't offering at that pitch they were taking it because you know he's just he's not locating it you know uh low and away you know on the you know on the corners like he hopefully will be in the next year or two as he continues to develop um but you know he's locating the fastball he's throwing more strikes early in the count and um you know that makes that slider just far more effective because it keeps you know, keeps batters on their toes. And and like I said, I mean, we're talking about the Blue Jays here. Like, they have their moments, you know, individually. But as a team, very rarely do they, you know, produce an onslaught of runs. So, no worries. Like tonight, for example? Yeah, exactly. So, Kendrick um, Morales, goat. Kendrick Morales. He was terrible for like 60 days and he decided that he'd come back to life tonight. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I initially wrote this guy up because I actually think for as much as I like Gaussman, Mike Clevenger actually might be in a better spot. So I will probably hem and haul over this, but if push comes to shove, I might go Clevenger. I really like this matchup here. Yeah. Oh man. Clevenger has been awesome. Um, I mean, he's been awesome this whole season but he's really come on strong as the seasons wore on. I think it's just, you know, the sample, the, 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 a small sa- in small sample sizes, Clevenger can leave a little bit to be desired because he, 
he lacks the command that um, we would like to see from a pitcher with his skill set. I mean, he has uh, he has uh, elite strikeout stuff, but he's still learning to uh, hone in his command and you know locate his pitches and cut down on the uh, walks and you know the high pitch count early in the game. You know, fourth or fifth inning, commonly he'll find himself at 80, 90 pitches in the fifth inning, and that's not doing anyone any good if you're rostering him, hoping he'll get deep into the game. But he's really come into form uh, over the past month, um, you know, up there with the top 10 to 15 starting pitchers in baseball and, you know, different measurements like XFIT minus and K rate. I mean, so he's, you know, striking batters out, you know, 30-plus percent K rate, um, you know, really good XFIT minus um, in the 60s, which is absolutely elite. Um, and at a 9K price on uh, DK, um, coupled with the fact that uh, the the line opened at three and a half runs for the Tigers, he's, he's at Detroit. Uh, minus 260, Cleveland is just extremely heavily favored. And it's not a surprise because Clevenger's on the mound, but also because Buck Farmer's <laughs> opposing him. And we'll get to Buck Farmer yeah. later. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, you'll, you'll talk more about that. But, um, I mean, he, he, he's similar to, to Gaussman. You know, he needs guys to chase the breaking ball um, if he's going to continue to strike batters out at this clip. Um, and Detroit, you know, we all know Detroit, even without um, J.D. Martinez, you know, they are not a terrible offense. I mean, they got rid of Mike Avila, I mean, Alex Avila. I uh, almost said Mike Avilas. Wow. Um, <laughs> even without Alex Avila, JD, you know, I mean, the fact that they're what, like 20 games under 500, so mentally some of their studs might be out of it. I mean, they're not a terrible offense. You know, they're like middle of the pack. Um, to Upton, dude. Upton. Yeah, but Upton, I know, of course. Yeah. Without. Yeah. But they strike out. They strike out so much. But here, well, I J up to L.A. You saw that Wait, today, right? What? <laughs> you were in parent teacher. What were you at? Open house, school, open house. Did all it happened today. Yes, he fucking got traded to the Angels. Holy balls! <laughs> oh man! Angels land Upton and swap with Tigers. Holy yep, shit, there, dude! dude. Yeah, I know. I know. The Angels kind of just got aggressive there. Uh, Live, Fern yeah. misses the Fern. news. Fern missed the news. School has started for Fern, what guys. Give him a little. They bit. traded. He's been working. Grayson Long, and a player. Yeah. So, but that I mean, there's your most dangerously consistent power hitter on that team. Damn, dude. I know, so this changes. Clevenger. This changes. I mean, yeah. So fuck it, dude. I mean, Mike Clevenger, lock him in. <laughs> right, Mike Clevenger in all formats. Although, I mean, he is the perfect SP two, right? I mean, in this situation, you can get a pretty solid. I mean, if as long as he doesn't get any walks, you know, on on DK, he is a solid SP two. He's got the K upside. He's probably got the quality start in the wind behind him because of Buck Farmer on the opposite side, you know. Um, and and for yeah, those of I, you that aren't familiar with DK scoring, you get penalized for base runners. So on FanDuel, you know, I mean, a pitcher could give up 10 hits and like five walks and somehow escape with like 
two earned runs and have a bunch of strikeouts. And for all you know, he gave up two hits and no walks. But on DK, the whip, right? The whip matters. Like, how many base runners does a pitcher give up? Right. Um, right. And, it, you know, that makes choosing a pitcher more difficult. So, shit, man, that, that, that changes everything. I mean, because just moving Jay up from that lineup, I mean, it just changes the nature of the Tigers' lineup. Yeah. It's no, you're absolutely right. You're 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 absolutely right. Um, so yeah, everything. Holy Tigers, shit, dude! <laughs> including, yeah, I mean, it, you really got to like Clevenger here. Um, but hey, listen, you talked about a guy who the fastball. You were talking about the fastball slider thing, okay? With with um with with Bundy, or not Bundy with uh, what's his name? Gaussman. Okay, with Gaussman. Blake Snell has had the same problem. You know, he's got a fastball and a slider, and he just can't quite locate them. But I just read an article that went through his last two starts, specifically his Seattle start, and talked about how he has been able to use two pitches that he can locate at a higher rate, the changeup and the curve. So he's popped in his last two starts because he's able to locate the changeup and the curve while the fastball and the slider have been kind of secondary pitches for him. Um, you know, obviously, well, excuse me, any MLB pitcher with any velocity like Snell uh, uses their uses their fastball pretty consistently. The problem was, was he was immediately going to his slider to try and get guys to bite. And the slider, because the fastball wasn't locating, the slider just wasn't interesting to people because then it even looked worse. You know, if it had any sort of spin on it, they were like, wait a second. That ball's way outside, and you could see exactly how this is happening. Now, what he's doing is he's coming inside with the um, he's coming inside with the curveball and the changeup, and the the changeup has been able to get him you know a higher amount of ground outs and stuff like that. But the curveball has some just absolutely filthy twelve to six snap on it. There's a gif of him on Fangraphs uh, getting Nelson Cruz of all people to just whiff hard, like full knee bending swing as hard as he can Nelson Cruz one of the best you know, hitters knows. against lefties in the league yeah if not the best yeah. in the last 10 years I mean he's Nelson fucking Cruz anyway and now Nelson Cruz is bending at the knees going fucking fucking curveball I knew it was a curveball <laughs> um so you know listen he's done two 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 straight seven inning starts with 15 Ks total and he's only allowed uh one run Limited base runners to under six in both situations. Um, you know, he had a couple walks, and but he only had a couple hits. No homers. Now, he was pitching in Tampa Bay, so, you, you know, massive park upgrade this time of year. But he's getting the White Sox tomorrow night, and he is favored in this spot. The White Sox, you know, we know they can hit the ball, right? They have, they've been hitting lefties on and off this year kind of randomly. Um, but they really do lack any sort of discipline, which is similar to the Tigers, interestingly enough. If you look at the Tigers' play discipline stats, Fern, they don't walk ever. They have like a 6% walk rate. Um, the White Sox also, 24% K rate, 6% walk rate, right there with the Tigers as far as how often they swing at lefties, how much contact they're trying to make. So I think there's a very solid spot to get on Snell before people start to be like, hey, Blake Snell's really good. 
Um, you know, we, we've always kind of been a believer. Um, I think it's just a question of, um, you know, how, how deep in this game can he get? You know, how, how much damage can he avoid and how many Ks can he generate? You know, what, are we going to get the same thing we saw in the last two starts or are we going to get something, you know, a little bit more of what we were used to with Blake Snell? Yeah, no, that's that that's a, a good way to look at it. I mean, I I was last night. I was really heavy on, um, oh my god, what the fuck is his name? I just drew a blank. Jose Jose uh, Barrios, and uh, I yeah. mean this. I, he he just took a big fat dookie on them. I mean, just absolutely dominated. Eleven Ks over seven. Yeah, but I mean, even so, you know, I don't know how. I mean, I don't really watch the White Sox that often, but I did watch this game because I had a vested interest in it. I mean, obviously, it's Barrios, right? Or Barrios. Barrios, Barrios, whatever. Who gives a shit? Barrios, Barrios. And he was on his game last night, obviously. But even so, I mean, you can just tell. Like, the White Sox are just – they're not a disciplined – hitting team I mean they're not a patient team and I think that really stems from the fact that they just don't have any you know I mean top to bottom like they don't have any devastating hitters outside of Abreu and maybe Garcia Um, right especially you know against pitchers of uh, Barrios's caliber and the way Snell is pitching as you've described it I mean he could come right in and I don't want to say he's going to put up a line of 11 Ks and five base runners, but I mean, this is the team that he can keep that ball rolling on without a doubt. I mean, just watching them with my eye test, you know, after watching teams like the Orioles and Nationals on a regular basis here in, in Maryland, I mean, it's just like, damn, man, like watching these White Sox feels like I'm watching like two, 2007 Orioles, you know, like garbage baseball. So yeah. Oof. No, I know. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, it's it's they're just they're they're a couple years away. You can tell that they have the pieces. Every once in a while they pop, but this is not this team just they don't have any reason to be disciplined. They just have you know, they're just trying to kind of learn and get through yeah. it. Now, that said, um, if I am using Snell, I mean, and again, you know, I do recognize that he is coming on strong here. Uh I am going to, you know, uh, if I'm running multiple lineups, you know, definitely try to squeeze in a little mini hedge of like Garcia and Abreu, you know, just just in yeah. case. Uh, but I feel I feel that I, I don't mind that because you know what, those are two guys who have insane numbers against lefties, and I don't, you know, I mean, we know Snell can, you know, put one on and give up a run. I just. He can give up a lot of runs, but uh, and more importantly, he can get pulled in the fifth is what he's really good at. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, you know. I like it, man. Listen, if this is our last pod, it's kind of apropos that my boy Blake Snell is It is. Here, you've, been yeah, you've been talking about it. Since yeah, two. and that's a hill you got to die talk. on on this last pod, dude. <laughs> right? It's a Blake Snell. Blake Snell in all formats. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, I like it. I'll 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 pour it out for you, and uh, make a lineup with him in there as my SP SP one. No, I'm just kidding. SP two. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, nice. Well, um, 
I got a an, uh, another uh, dart throw here, and that is Jack Flaherty. Um, yes, that's a real uh, human being from this century because uh, it sounds like the name of a guy Jack from like 1946. Flaherty. Like, oh, Jack Flaherty awesome. is in the heavyweight bout this weekend at Madison Square he Garden. Like a, he sounds like an usher at 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 my church, like a like a retired Catholic usher. <laughs> In Florida, at the church at St. Patrick's, where I grew up, <laughs> it's funny, man. It's all Jack like Flaherty over there. Tag. Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Flaherty, how are you? Yeah. Sir? Well, this Mr. Flaherty at 6,700 Buckaroos on DK is getting the San Francisco Gigantes. Um, 4.2 implied runs on the open. Um, and right now, at this recording time, 10 p.m. Uh, Thursday night, it's a push, roughly. You know, I mean, it's essentially a push at minus 108. Um, you know, we'll see how that line moves as the night and the day goes on. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what direction it's going to move in, given the fact that uh, this is his major league debut, and you know, who knows what other variables will come into play. But, uh, you know, as far as Flaherty goes, uh, he's the organization's, he's the, the, the Cardinals' number three prospect. And like I said, he's making his major league debut. The, the Cards just traded Mike Leak to Seattle. Uh, so Seattle got them, a, uh, they got them a hell of a pitcher right there in Mike Leak. Um, so congratulations yeah. to them. No, he's not bad. I mean, real life, you know, we talked about it before, Leak. Real. I mean, he can manage innings. I just don't know. I mean... Did why did they sell? I don't, know. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. This isn't really. I mean, they got a lot of young arms. Let's put it that way. I mean, maybe with Flaherty coming maybe. up, and then uh, yeah. your boy, uh, what's his face? Um, fuck, I just forgot his name. All of a sudden, the guy that just went like ham the other night, the youngster on the Cardinals, uh, Luke Weaver, Weaver Luke, Luke Weaver. Weaver. Um, a couple other guys I know in the Cardinals organization. So, you know, I guess that made Leak expendable. Um, probably going to go forward with, like, Lynn and Waka and Carmo up at the top there. But anyways, um, before we even get to Flaherty's numbers, um, I discovered a prospect rating system called Kato. Um, K-A-T-O-H. Yeah, Kato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They use Kato. it in uh, – they use it on – I said Kato. Yeah. Hmm. Cato, uh, Chris Mitchell of the Hardball Times devised that, and yeah, it's on Fangraphs. A lot of uh, a lot of literature on Fangraphs on the Cato prospect rating system. Um, so he's got this whole algorithm that you know he basically you know devised that ranks prospects, um, you know, I guess completely objectively. So in an objective ranking system according to Cato he's 33rd in the midseason rankings and the fifth best pitcher in minor in in all of baseball uh prospect on all of baseball according to this model um as far as human made lists go as opposed to an algorithmic one uh baseball america's 2017 midseason ranks see Flaherty uh at 57th the 23rd pitcher on the list. Um, so you can see that Cato likes position players more in baseball America, 
human beings like pitchers more, given the abundance of pitchers on that list. B- bottom line is, whether you're looking at the human list or the computer algorithm list, the bottom line is is we're talking about a kid that, at worst, is a fringe top 50 prospect. Most likely closer to like top 40. Who knows? Maybe even better. 25 starts between AA and AAA this year. He's put up a 25% K rate, 1.14 whip, 232 batting average against. Just 12 homers allowed and 148 innings pitched. Um, those yeah. are all really Did good. You see that ground ball rate? No, what's it? I, I, I closed my tab on, uh, on Flaherty just now. Um, I believe it was Flaherty. Um, I or it was one of the there's somebody else who may be getting called up. I believe it was Flaherty, however. Um, Let me take a look. I'm getting it right 60%. here. Oh, did you get it? Almost a 60 percent. Oh, gosh, of course, dude. Nope, sorry, wrong. John Flaherty, John Flaherty, uh, played for the Red Sox in the early 90s. Oh. <laughs> of <course the> guy <laughs> no, well, Flaherty's got a, a 41 percent in triple A and a four, so okay. basically 40 percent ground ball rate. So then the guy I was looking at because I didn't I closed his stats and you were talking about these numbers and I was like wait a second wait a second who is the other you got, got Dylan Peters the Miami pitcher the Miami lefty who's getting called up against Cincinnati or excuse me against Philadelphia oh right yeah so is he is he is Dylan Peters pitching or is it uh or is it uh what's his face uh Straley because I saw MLB probable so, pitchers in Straley. I've seen both, but the Vegas um, – Because I kind of like Straley, but then I saw Peters was listed somewhere else. I'm relatively sure that they set the Vegas lines on on Peters because that's what I'm seeing. But I did see on MLB.com Straley earlier, so I I don't know. We could see Straley. I mean, Straley against the Phillies isn't the worst thing in the no. world, but he hasn't been the same in the second half. He was he I, was really good first half, but I've I mean I think I've rostered him like I, less than you know a one. I can count on my fingers the amount of times I've rostered him in the month yeah, of August no, for sure. Yeah, I kind of love this Flaherty kid in this gigantic ballpark. I mean, you can make some mistakes over here and probably get away with it against a team that. You know, Buster Posey is not playing. He's got the thumb injury. They're not going to risk it. There's no reason to further injure Buster Posey. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets put on the DL or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and um, honestly, like, outside of Posey, and then, of course, you know, Belt is, is out of the picture. I mean, who else is there on this team that is remotely scary? I mean... Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford. Yeah, Brandon Crawford. Like... Fuck man, Who can't hit home runs. You know, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean uh, what's his face? Uh, Freaking uh, Hunter Pence has been Hundley. worthless. Yeah, I know Hunter Pence. Well, I think once Hunter Pence realized that they weren't going to be a very good team, he probably checked out. I mean, yeah. So um, I mean, Denard Span. You know, I mean, obviously you got that lefty righty matchup, but yeah, he's old. What the hell, dude? And by the way, Denard Span, like. Silver Fox, man. Dude's got some gray in that beard. He needs some just for men. Yeah, Denard Span isn't that. That's a nice look, though. It is. If I could do the if I could do the full the full like thick black beard with a little bit of the gray specks, that's Dude, nice. Dude, I'm older than him. You're older than Denard yeah, Span? Yeah. I'm a month and a half older than him. Wow. And I got no gray on my beard. 
well. I don't and you know, know what his you know what his name. what his first name is? Kiunta. Denard. Kiunta Denard Span. That's, that's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, man. I, I'm I'm hopefully I, I I you know my gray comes in like Denard. I, I when it does, I, I'm kind of looking forward to that like you know distinguished oh, wow. silver fox yeah. look. Oh yeah, you. I mean, you definitely have that move. Yeah, you definitely have the distinguished silver fox fern. That's nice. Dude. <laughs> You're real nice. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I'm definitely feeling good about either Flaherty or Snell, whatever angle you want to take as far yeah. as paying down in your SP2 slot, or um, you know, if you have the balls to punt uh, Kershaw or you know one of the better options. You know, in the nine to I mean, range. You're, what you're you're not aiming for one of these pitchers to be as good as Kershaw, right? You're aiming for them to be as good as Mike Clevenger and Kevin Gaussman. Right. And listen, if Mike Clevenger or Kevin Gaussman kind of hits the bricks, it, you know, in within eight innings or two, within five innings, you know, you you can you can catch up with all those people if this kid has a good game. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. It, it makes sense. I, I understand it. You know, you're, you're targeting someone with strikeout upside that's going to be low-owned. There, there's a lot of risk there, but who knows? Um, all right, we got to talk about cores here, Fern. we got two pitchers, that could 12-run total. This is pretty serious, but it's about six pick them. It's an even. Taiwan Walker versus Kyle Freeland. You know, for me, on the Diamondbacks side of things here, Diamondbacks have really struggled against lefties. You know, we 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 saw them in this LA series, uh, you know, beat up Rich Hill a little bit, which was kind of kind of reassuring. But you're going to have you have some massive price tags on these guys against Kyle Freeland, who you know, listen, Kyle Freeland is not anything special. You can attack Kyle Freeland. In fact, if this was in Chase and Kyle Freeland was in Chase, we would certainly have to talk about talk about this situation the guy just does not have an a very serious strikeout rate 15 percent in the second half of the season five 4.85 xfip um you know for me i i would love to go to the righties here i would love to go to you know my, my man jd martinez and cores and in fact if you can figure out how to fit jd martinez and cores into your lineup in either format he's an elite play but you're paying five thousand dollars for everybody 5400 for goldie 4600 for aj pollock 4500 for fucking brandon drury are you kidding me yeah. like give me a reason to play 4500 brandon drury and i'll give you 10 reasons why it's a dumb idea yeah you know, and I just can't. I don't know if I can do it. I I hear you totally. Yeah, and you know the other thing that um, Freeland has going for him, um, if you so choose to go that route, um, which honestly might not be that bad of an idea, considering you know the 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 low ownership like clockwork it cores for pitchers, is the Diamondbacks are twenty first in zone contact rate over the last two weeks. Um, yeah, really? they're not they're not making contact on pitches in the zone. And Freeland has a uh, has the third highest uh, ratio of swinging strikeouts to called strikeouts. So 
his bread and butter is getting guys to whiff for strike three, and the Diamondbacks are not making contact on pitches in the zone. And furthermore, uh, Freeland throws a lot of pitches in the zone. He throws 46.6% of his pitches in the zone over the last month, uh, and that is, you know, average. Um, So I can see a narrative where um, Freeland is able to rack up five, six, seven strikeouts against Arizona. The question, though, is can he avoid, um, you know, giving up uh, a, a dinger in cores? And I and I think he I think he can, given that he does yeah. induce a decent amount of ground balls. But more importantly, just a 13.3% home run to fly ball ratio, which is really good. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's obviously risky, you know, but it's, you know, if you choose Freeland as a pitcher, you have definitely an educated reason as to why you chose him in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is, that's a, you know, I get it. But I would much rather play J.D. Martinez in Oh, course. fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Against a lefty? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Chris Iannetta, J.D. Wanna... Martinez, uh, A.J. Pollock. Oh. All right, what about the what about the Rockies side? Because I hate the Rockies, but Taiwan Walker is a guy that I'm not afraid oh, of. T- no, Taiwan Walker is not a scary guy whatsoever. He's gotten really lucky lately. Um, just a 79 ERA minus uh, versus uh, 116 XFIP minus. I mean, that's a huge disparity between the ERA and the XFIP. And that is a huge red flag because he's getting really lucky. 14.9% K rate, 6.9% swing strike rate are just god-awful. 91.6% zone contact rate which is on par with Buck Farmer as the worst on the slate over the last 30 days. Um, Everything on Taiwan Walker's uh, ledger here is bad. So I think if we choose to go course, it wouldn't be that bad of an idea. And I think it's possible that people might fade away from course for two reasons. A, because Kershaw is on the slate, and, you know, obviously they can't afford it. And B, we got burned like a motherfucker by Jordan Zimmerman at Coors and that Tigers series because the Rockies did not show up. Yeah, he's, I mean, he... He's just not striking anybody out like he was earlier. Yeah, I mean, 14.9%, dude. That's terrible. I know. He's been, I mean, he hasn't gotten, he had he had three consecutive starts in August where he did not get a quality start. He didn't make it past the fifth. He was getting hit. He was giving up, you know, he gave up five, he gave up, he gave up five runs in two consecutive starts. He came, you know, he bounced back in his last two, but against some terrible opponents in the Giants and the Mets. Now, you know, like I'm not a, I'm, I, I am a person who really doesn't believe in the Rockies. But they've shown some plate discipline recently, and I think it's helping them. You know, they they have been walking more. They've been sitting on pitches. Their their WRC plus against righties is up, and they're at home. And I mean, if there's ever a time to play these guys, it's yeah. I just the thing I don't like about the Rockies um, is they're just a really top heavy lineup. 
I mean, the bottom of that lineup yeah. is just worthless. And, you know, just this year, I don't know. Like, I don't even want to say that it's that it's variance or anything. Like, you'd expect this to level itself out over the season. You know, that course supersedes talent, you know. But this season, I mean, the Rockies at Coors have not been the Rockies at Coors in years past as far as, like, bottom sure. of the lineup. You know, if it's not, you know, the top four or five guys, it's you can't stack the Rockies that often these days. I mean, it, so it's a little frustrating to use them. And whenever a course is on the slate, it just irritates me because, like, I want to use it, but I don't. Yeah, I know. I mean, how many times have you been burned I, I, by cores this year? I just am – I just I, – I, I just – I hate the pricing adjustment – and it's not that it's not justified. I just, I just really believe like you skew the value of that ballpark by just putting an extra thousand yeah. dollars. Well, I mean, you and I talked about it on the phone the other day. Is, I mean, like when Coors is a slam dunk, faded. Yeah. No. Totally. That's the thing, though, is I don't think this is a no. slam dunk. You have a dead even split. I think you know what would be kind of fun is maybe take one of these these rookie pitchers and just game stack it. Yeah. You know, just get everybody that you want. I mean, in the outfield, get JD, get Blackman. At third, get Arenado. You know, get get Paulie Goldschmidt. You know, get get Brandon Drury. Get um, whoever. You know, I mean, I think that that to me is interesting. I think you attack. You know, two solid three-man, four-man stacks, and you just go straight at it. And if cores blows up, cores blows up, and you're and that's all why over. I love using um, uh, DK. You know, for my bankroll size is, you know, yeah. like I, you know, I mean, I, I'm in the triple digits bankroll size. You know, I'm not a four, five, six-digit kind of guy here. You know, no, so I love no, the not- fact that I can you know, max enter a tournament for five bucks in like the quarter arcade on DK and I can, and it's beautiful, you know, and you can win, you know, hundred, 150 bucks, you know, in, in that contest. Um, what the hell Wait. is that my browser? Why not? No, what's I wrong? Just, all of a sudden, like uh, an Xfinity ad came up on my, uh, <laughs> like, no, I didn't hear it. Weird. Good. Yeah. But anyways, uh, um, so yeah, my point is is that that's cool. in this contest you can max enter twenty lineups, and you don't have to worry about like missing out on cores because you can throw one or two in there and be like, all right, I got my cores exposure. So just something to point out. All right, there are other bats too that I like. So yeah, well, fuck cores. Um, Talk about Cleveland and Buck Farmer while I go run to the fridge and get another yeah. brewski. All right, go for it. Um, listen, Cleveland just – they've proven they can pretty much get to any pitcher. You can get Chris Sale, you can get to anybody. Buck Farmer's just outmatched. He's been down in AAA since June. Uh, he got sent down after a Tampa Bay start – or July some point. I can't remember, June or July. Thing is, Farmer has decent strikeout stuff. He's a prospect. He wouldn't be pitching here. But they've got a doubleheader tomorrow. They called them up last week knowing that they're kind of – maybe they're shopping Verlander. They're going to get a little bit more thin. He's a guy that they want to bring up in 2018. Um, 
and he pitched fine last week. You know, he did really nicely in a five-inning start for, for the Tigers. But the reality is here he's completely overmatched. The Indians are a lead combination of plate discipline and, and power. Um, they continue to string together runs. They are a team that very quickly and easily can get uh, out ahead of a pitcher 7 nothing. Um, you know, we saw him do it to Jordan Montgomery. They had a five-inning first or five-run first inning against Jordan Montgomery um, just the other day. Add to that the fact that this is a, a doubleheader, and the Detroit bullpen will probably be on the back half of their quality starts, quality starters. Um, you know, and they have nothing. The, the Detroit fans have nothing to live for. Detroit lineup card has nothing that, that is exciting now. They sold JD. They sold Jay up. There's been rumors of selling Verlander for forever now. Um, you know, I think they're just waiting for the right deal to come along. So you got to think that Cleveland here in this spot, you know, can string together some runs, create base runners, and, and, and be successful. Listen, this guy once allowed three home runs in a game to the Rays. So we got to attack some of the lefties here. You can see he's susceptible to lefty power. Instantly, that makes me like uh, Jay Bruce. Um, E5 has been hitting righties better. Or excuse me, not E5. Um, uh, Jose Ramirez has been hitting righties better all year long. So those are my top two plays. Um, you know, if Bradley Zimmer, for some reason, ever creeps closer up in the lineup, maybe on the second day of a doubleheader. I love Bradley Zimmer in a good lineup spot. Uh, E5, of course. Frankie Lindor, for me, take it or leave it. I think, uh, you know, Frankie's always better against lefties, and that's always where I want to play him. Um, but he has been hitting the ball well, so I'm okay with him if you want him. But Bruce Ramirez, E5, and, you know, whoever else creeps up into the top uh, top five, top six of this lineup I, I could get into. Um, you know, you, you, you could see some you could see some interesting names. You could, you could see some uh, – I forget who they had up in the lineup the other day. They had uh, – uh, what's his name? Yandy Diaz. Yandy. Yandy Diaz, and he had a yes. game, man. He had a he game. He's batting Yandy. cleanup. He'll get a game. Yeah. Um, so, although I think he's a righty. Uh, I I want to say he's switch. I could be wrong, though. Is he? They have all the switch hitters. Dude, they, they have I, – uh, I can't remember. They're like the first team with three switch hitters with 20 home runs or something. Yeah. Oh, no, Yandy's a righty. That's Three, three, three th- by um, the way, uh, some of these Indians bats are really cheap. Zimmer, um, <clears throat> Jan Gomes is hitting the ball can... hard lately. Yandi, uh, Jan and Yandi, Jan and Yandi. Holy shit, Jan and Yandi. That's kind of funny. Uh, both of them are 3K, uh, and Yandi's third and outfield eligible on DK. Zimmer's just 3,600, nice. which 3,600 for those of you fan duelers, 3,600 on DK is like 2,600 on, on uh fan So got some nice prices there too. Yeah, definitely. You got some nice prices for sure. Um, on FD, um, I have not pulled up their prices just yet, but why don't you talk to us about uh, the O's here? Because, you know, I mean, I don't know what to say, Josh. They're only scoring eight runs tonight. It's not like, uh, you know, couldn't they do yeah, better? The, the O's are just, I mean, I, I'm so happy. They're freaking crushing the crushing ball. Crushing the ball, climbing up in the standings. Uh, last I saw, one game out of the wild card. 
Uh, AL, by the way, AL wild card, uh, MLB standings, Google, real quick. Um, AL wild card is, is interesting. It changes every it hour. It really does. Even when people are playing. You got the Yankees, Twins, Angels, O's, all yep. uh, neck and neck here. And I just, I love seeing the Angels, Twins, and O's. Um, jockeying for position. Uh, I don't think very many people thought those three teams... Well, you know, nobody ever thinks the Orioles are going to be there for the last six years, and they always are, so... Hey, listen, pal. Fuck you guys. Last ten, we're seven and three. We're nipping at you. You guys heels. are coming up, too. Rays are yeah, four, yeah, games two, four games out. I know. Um, I know. So I know. After tonight, we could be three Tim games. Beckham be damned. Well, no, we're... I know. No, we win in that side because Minnesota won today. But yeah, Um, as far as the O's. No, but I love the O's in this spot. Talk to me about the O's here against Yeah, so Biagini, you know, he's only logged 10 innings pitched against the O's this year. Um, Not very much of a sample size, but we're not really worried about um, looking at any BVP sample size data in this uh, situation here because he's just been bad over the last month. And while he's been bad over the last month, the Orioles have been very, very good over the last month. In that time span, Bijini owns a, a whopping 122 XFIT minus, and get this, zero swinging strikeouts over the last two weeks. He has not induced a single swinging strikeout in over two weeks, um, which... Last I checked is not good. Um, That's not a good indicator for pitch quality. No, it's not. It definitely isn't. Um, And 81.8% zone contact rating, which is extremely bad. Um, Guys are having no trouble squaring up on his pitches. 25% home run to fly ball rate. 31% line drive rate. The highest line drive rate right on the slate. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you see, if you haven't been paying attention, you know, the Orioles have been, you know, right up there as one of the best offenses in baseball over the last couple weeks. Second highest WRC plus, third highest ISO, highest home run to fly ball rate. Um, it's not that complicated, guys. Like, don't rack your brain over yeah, it. The Orioles no. um, are, as far as I'm concerned, you know, as close to a, a lock as you can get, given the way that they're hitting. Um, just some of my favorite options here. Uh, just kind of want to look at who's hitting the ball harder lately. Um, and uh, Chris Davis is coming along, uh, hitting it harder. 97 miles an hour exit velocity over the last 15 days. Um, You know, Wellington Castillo is, you know, hopefully in the last month going to live up to his free agent uh, signing, you know, that the O's made when they reached out to him because he kind of was in a a dull state there for a few months. Um, And thank God... Manny is coming along. He he's hitting the ball better as as well as Jonesy and um and Trey Mancini just keeps the ball rolling. Um and then of course, yeah. you know, John Scope and Tim Beckham, you know, you can't complain about using either of those fellas, but 
Uh, I, I think you really got to get uh, Manny in there because, you know, I think this last month he's just going to, you know, really start crushing. Um, and, and he does like hitting those right-handed pitchers. Um, 222 ISO, 324 Woba against them. Have you seen – I mean, the numbers for Biagini as a starter are just brutal. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have it isolated they, as starter. Is you have isolated starter numbers? Yeah, I have it here on Fangraphs. A six oh two ERA, um, allowing a three thirty seven WOBA total. Um, you know he had just allows so many base runners via contact, which is what you like to see. I mean, his most recent start. Um, you know, his most recent start, he had. He had 23 batters faced through through only 3.2 innings, and he allowed over he allowed 12 base runners in that time. So I mean, you know, you're almost batting 500 against this guy. I think you got to go to the top of the order. I think you have to start with what you're doing if you're going to get that many plate appearances. Volume for guys like Tim Beckham and uh, and John Scope is just going to be insane. You know, they're just going to be on every single time and then you just back them up with the power so I, I really like that call I think that people think on the surface that Biagini's still got good stuff and he just really doesn't yeah. right now yeah well um, talk about right, the uh, right. the Casey Royals because I'm oh. liking this spot against uh, against Dylan G Dylan G we may remember he got a couple good starts for us in uh, Texas and we would stack against him down there uh, moved over to Minnesota in August, and he's had a couple starts there. You know, it's the lefties. It's the lefties. It's been the lefties all year. He's allowed a 396 Woba and a 541 slug to lefties this year, which is just absolutely insane. And then you go down to the batted ball data, and you say, well, it can't be any worse. Well, it, it gets worse, right? Okay. 15% K rate, 11% walk rate to lefties, 6 0.1 xFIP. He has a. I'm not making this up. Well, sorry. Okay, so this isn't actually as bad as I thought it was. I thought it was a, a 57% ground ball rate. It's a 47 or fly ball rate. 47% fly ball rate. So he has a extremely negative um, ground ball to fly ball ratio. Now the thing about it is, is he doesn't allow a massive amount of hard contact. Um, but the amount of fly balls that you have here in target field, I, I gotta love the lefties here. Okay, I gotta love me some Mike Mustakis, Eric Hosmer, and and Brandon Moss. Frankly, Brandon Moss is literally, I believe, min price um, on Fanduel. A lefty, you know, who we know can is capable of of double dunk, and and when you have a guy that's that cheap, twenty two hundred. Uh, you know, it's almost like a Kike Hernandez play. Like you play him so you can get to other guys. So I will take the three lefties and then I will take um I'll take my man, Mr. Reliable, with with, with the shit, uh, Merrifield. I just love that guy these days. Like you can put Wade Merrifield in your lineup and you can really feel pretty confident you're gonna get at least twelve fantasy points. It's just it's just so nice. I love that guy. Um, so yeah, that's that's my four man if I'm going Kansas City. And you know what? The prices aren't terrible. They moved up a little bit. They were pretty cheap the other day. Um, 
you know, you're getting Moustakas. Oh wow, wait, the Moustakas price is amazing. I thought he was that he was higher than this. Thirty one hundred for Mike Moustakas and thirty seven hundred for Eric Dude, Hosmer. Moustakas. I mean, okay, get this on DK. <clears throat> Moustakas is thirty eight hundred, which is a really nice price. Oh my but you, you ready for this one? Sal Perez twenty eight hundred. Ooh, that's a that's great like spot for, that's of, like free for a player of his caliber on DK. Yeah, um, and the thing about G is, is if you want to know the hard contact comes from the righties, um, or no, excuse me, the hard contact does not come from the righties. He's actually kind of well. Let me tell you righties. something about G that I like is, um, and I this has kind of been a way I pick on pitchers is I love to pick on bad pitchers that don't walk a lot of guys and throw a lot of strikes. And the reason why, it, this is like what Bartolo does. Like, Bartolo doesn't walk anybody and just throw pounds of right. strike zone. But you don't want to attack with regularity pitchers that suck because they walk a lot of guys because some way, somehow, they might find a way to get out of it. Um, you know, but the pitcher that just pounds the strike zone but just isn't good you know is going to get hit and g um has one of the lowest pitches per batters faced on the slate um and 2.5 percent walk rate over the last month 49 percent zone contact or uh zone rate uh so throws a lot of strikes doesn't walk anybody uh so he lets guys hit it and you mentioned the batted ball data just a 16.7% hard contact, 23.3% soft contact, both outstanding numbers. But what does that tell you? It tells you that he gives up a lot of medium contact. And I think with right. the small sample size that I'm looking at, I think might be the same that you're looking at, Sean. I think that that starts to uh, to drift in the way of the hard contact. Because if he's giving up what... He, I mean, he's giving yeah. up sixty percent medium contact, and that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just you look at you look at his recent start against Toronto, right? I mean, I'm not going to look necessarily at his start against the White Sox and necess- and try to gain anything there. But you look at his start against Toronto; he allowed eight base runners, four runs, two dingers, and you're talking about those fly balls and what you're trying what you're looking for is exactly that line that he gave you in that Toronto game, you know, multiple base runners and then a homer to Hosmer and Mustakas, boom boom, you know, that kind of thing. So, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, he's it, it's not a perfect profile. You wish he was a little bit a little bit weaker in some areas, but I still want to attack him here, all primarily because I think Kansas City goes under owned and they're underpriced. Too. I'll be shocked so if Mustafa goes to the yard. Yeah, that that I I think that's a good way to say it. I that describes my confidence as well in in that in that lineup. But dude, it's time. It's great. It's great. It's a great day when we not only get to roster Blake Snell, but we get to back it up with a Rays stack. So talk to me about the Rays versus. Renaldo. Renaldo Lopez. 5.4 runs on the open. Loving that number for the Rays. I love when you open in the mid fives. It's just, I mean, Vegas has a lot of confidence that the Rays are gonna are gonna take a big old dookie on Reynaldo. It's the battle of the Rays. The, the Reynaldo versus the Rays. 
and only one ray can come out on top. And I think that's going to be the rays, not the ray. Yeah, I like um, that. <laughs> they're one of the deadliest lineups in baseball lately. Uh, they, they ebb and flow, you know, and I think that that is uh, par for the course for a team like them, which is basically like an all or nothing kind of kind of club. You know, the the Rays strike out a lot and they hit the shit out of the ball. And some weeks they can't, you know, buy a hit. And some weeks they hit three homers in a game. And uh, Ronaldo, he's just, uh, you know, he strikes guys out, okay? He induces whiffs. That's fine. But he gives up dingers and he gives up hard contact. Um, You know, just looking at the data, um, he has the lowest ground ball to fly ball rate on the slate. And if you're curious, it's him at .4, which is just god-awful, G at .59, and Buck Farmer at .67. So you might be noticing a trend here, guys, is Sean and I like to pick on people, on pitchers with terrible ground ball to fly ball rates. You want your guys to give Mm. up fly balls. And the 20% – go ahead. You can't leave the ballpark on the ground. you can't leave the ballpark on the ground. Um, unless you're Billy Hamilton and you sneak it into like the corner and the, you know down the <laughs> throw it over yeah. the side, but 20% home run to fly ball rate, just a 14.8% soft contact, 33% hard contact. The guy just he, I mean he's your classic like strikes guys out and throws gas, but he when the ball right. gets hit, it goes far and it leaves the yard. Um, minus yep. uh, XFIT minus of 124, ERA minus of 161. That tells us that his that he sucks and he's not getting unlucky. Okay, it's not a matter of, of luck. Yeah. Like he's bad and he is performing to the way he should. But like I said, the 26% K rate and the 11% swinging strike rate do give you pause. So I question. Who comes out on wow. top, the sluggable yet kind of talented Lopez or the strikeout prone but slugging Rays? And I think it's the Rays. I think they, they get this young guy, um, and you want to load him up. Lefties, Steven Souza, do it. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, like, I really think, like, Lopez has – he's you know, he's got pedigree. Like, he's good. The issue is he's like – he really hasn't faced a ton of lefties and in the samples that he has faced like they're hitting him pretty hard and it makes good sense like this kind of reminds me of Denelson Lamette earlier in the year you know and he's on this slate I was looking back at what he had to offer you know Denelson Lamette was really good but the problem is is when you throw that hard and you haven't adjusted your location as a big leaguer and you haven't made sure that like you're just basically desperately trying to avoid anyone getting a hold of your fastball. Guys are going to find it. They're going to go get it, and they're going to put it up in the air. And, you know, you, the Rays in this ballpark, they've been hot. They've been hitting the ball well. I'm into it. I mean, I, I love I love the uh, the lefties here. And I think, like, guy like Logan Morrison at 3-2, super cheap. Lucas Duda, you're not getting him for free anymore. Corey Dickerson, you're not getting him for free anymore. But Kevin Kiermaier is 3-3 on FanDuel. I could get into that. So it all works, man. You 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 can get all the lefties in your lineup these days. And um, 
Even Brad Miller, dude. Brad Miller, two six. That's always his source of salary. Yeah, I'm into it. definitely. And and I and the fact that I, I love that his breaking balls, uh, the average exit velocity on those is well over ninety miles per hour. Yeah, I was and, gonna say the breaking stuff. Yeah, and important. when you see those ninety plus mile per hour exit velocities on those pitches, I mean that just means that he is like. He's like a dead man walking because everybody throws a fastball, right? But you right. need to have deception on your secondary and tertiary pitches, and he just doesn't have that. Like, guys are crushing him. So, I mean, come on, man. Like, this is an easy one here. Yeah, I think we we got to go there. I totally agree with you. Um, all right, so so we're on, we're on the Rays. Um, I I think that we gotta also look, Josh, at um, a couple pivots here, and I I really like your call here, but I got one that I want to talk about: uh, Miami versus Pavetta. I mean, this one I I don't know, it kind of feels obvious, but I think on a, ten, a fifteen game slate, maybe Miami after they burned everybody tonight gets a little bit overlooked. Pavetta gave up six runs on seven hits through twelve batters, but he only pitched five outs 1.2 innings in the last time against Miami he has been terrible against right-handers they almost got through the order twice on him Fern um through those two innings uh there were two dingers as well so there were multiple base runners and there were two dingers one from Marcelo Zuna one from Christian Yelich so Marcelo Zuna after he burns everybody uh tonight I love that spot go straight back to him against uh, Pavetta, who struggles with righties, we know Zuna excels against righties. Um, you know, and I have no problem going back to Giancarlo. I mean, Giancarlo is too, you know, it's fade at your own risk every single night. Now, the hard part, especially in cash, the hard part is in a GPP, it makes perfect sense to fade him because everyone is going to play him. Uh, so when everybody plays a guy, he's owned at like 50% tonight. When everybody plays a guy, then you should you should be automatically fading him, because there's really the upside for a tournament just simply is not there. For a flat payout, you want to ride the boat with everybody else. That's totally fine. You don't want to be left out if he does his thing. But for a tournament, there's zero reason to play him because you just don't have the leverage on the field in that way. So tomorrow night, hopefully they go a little bit overlooked. They get everybody with cores, you know, maybe something like that. I could definitely go to Giancarlo, Yelich, and Ozuna. But I think, you know, I have no problem with JT Real Muto as well. I don't usually play him. But um, he had a three-hit day against Pavetta that day. Um, he, he was excellent. So, you know, was was capable of making contact here. He's usually better against lefties. But he's not bad for, for uh, this situation against Pavetta, who sucks against righties. Uh, over a 400 wub at a righty, so I, I'm into I'm into Miami. Yeah, I like it. Um, and I, I, the thing, one thing I like about Pavetta is <clears throat> he's a hard thrower, and um, you know he is a better pitcher than uh, you know some of the guys we've been talking about here. You know, on the whole, but a team like Miami. Um, you know, does well against these guys with, uh, you know, with uh, with high velocity pitches because, you know, if you took high school physics, you know that when something coming fast hits something moving fast, 
it goes away really fast. Um, did we learn that in physics? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I slept. Yeah, a fast physics. pitch and a good bat speed equals a ball going really far. So <laughs> there you go. That's a nice. <laughs> there you go. Funny. No, I like that stack. I like it. And, and yeah, and you and you said it. There's a few deadly righties on that team, and um, you know it seems like a really good spot for the uh, for the fish. So yeah, yeah, let's do it. But um, man, that KC against uh, Dylan G. I equally like the Twinkies against Jason Hamill. We might be having a game totally. stack situation here. And honestly, like I feel like no matter how uh, good the Twins are, no matter how how high their WOBA is, no matter how high their WRC Plus is, no matter how uh, exciting the highlight reels on Baseball Tonight are, whatever, like no matter what they do, people are still going to overlook them because they're the twins and they don't have Miguel Sano. Screw Miguel Sano. Miguel Sano who? I mean, they're crushing yeah. it. He was striking out every he was striking out literally on every every Yeah, time. I mean, he he and every Judge time. are like the strikeout kings, you know, but people still act like, you know, if Judge isn't in the lineup or Sano isn't in the lineup, their respective teams are just like inept. And that's not true, you know. As everybody knows, the Yankees, I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from Aaron Judge. He's a stud. But, like, this is a guy that still clearly has holes in his swing. And the same thing with Sano. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're elite young players. But don't, you know, you can't act like these teams are worthless without them in the lineup. And <clears throat> the Twins are proving that, you know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Miguel Sano's been out for, what, a couple weeks now, yet the Twins are managing to put up a MLB-leading 140 WRC+, and MLB-leading 255 ISO over the past couple weeks. And for those of you that don't have context, uh, understanding of the context of those numbers, I mean, a 140 WRC+, by a team... You know, by a player, it's like, oh, that's good. That's really good. But it's not like, yeah. But for a team, that's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, And a 255 ISO for anybody, team or player. Yeah. So they're crushing it. So, I mean, guys like Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, Brian Dozier, Max Kepler, Eduardo Escobar. I mean, even Joe Maurer, they're they're swinging hot bats. They're putting up a lot of runs. Fucking Maurer hit a homer. Maurer hit a homer today? Old man. Holy shit, yeah. stop the presses. The taste plate. Yeah, I know. So stop yeah. the presses. But um, they're all just on fire right now. And they're getting Jason Hamill. He's always a targetable pitcher. And, you know, and like I said, like the Twins, they're, they're, they're going to go overlooked. And the thing I like, and again, this is something you and I talked about, Sean, the other day on the phone, is that I love when the implied total is in the fours. That 4.9 opening total, the Twins open at 4.9 runs, 10th highest total. So it kind of like, it kind of like slots right in in that no man's land where people don't like immediately have their eye drawn to it. But what the fuck, dude? What's the difference between 4.9 and 5.1? You know? Totally. So, yeah, I think they're in a really sexy spot here. And, 
um, you know, not only for run production potential, but also ownership. Dude, did you see he's given up seven home runs in his last three starts? Wow. Wow. I, I mean, he he's he's good. Like it's Jason Hamill. Like he's not. You know, I mean, he's not the world's worst pitcher. I think in name value alone, people will probably be like, "Well, I don't know," but he just the batted balls are balls are just just flying. The curveball is getting hit on both sides of the plate. Um, you know, he's not exactly a guy who's getting blown up, but it really seems like the end of the year fatigue is catching up with him. And we know if you can steal two home runs out of a stack, you know, that is immediately a wonderful thing. Um, so I, I'm into it. I'm in. I'm in. I'm into the Twins. It might be one of my favorite stacks. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to get a, a Twins Royals game stack without a doubt. Yeah, that definitely. Um, all right, so um, I think that that's it. There's you know there's a couple other spots I'm sure that will open up or reveal themselves as things go on. But let's jump over to Fanduel. Let's see if we can throw together. Um, yeah, some and before we throw here. our lineup, um, I, we don't even have to talk about this at length whatsoever. But we didn't even mention the worst pitcher in the universe, and that's Sean Manaya. Oh, I know. He actually has been really bad. And I, I was going to talk about Seattle. I just The Seattle righties just don't do it for me. Um, I guess that's my I mean, issue, other than really. Nelson Cruz. Yeah, I mean, I guess Segura, Danny Valencia, Nelson Cruz – Mitch Haniger, though, actually, you know, you could talk me into Mitch Haniger. I was rostering him quite a bit, and he blew up in that last start uh, against Baltimore. So I could see myself going to a Seattle stack that just goes completely overlooked against someone who people think still has stuff. And Manaya has a 15% strikeout rate in the second and, half. And, oh, like, and just two quick facts, and let's build our lineups. Uh, 7.5% K rate over the last two weeks or month, month. And get this, get this, hasn't had a, uh, a, uh, a swinging strikeout. (laughs) He hasn't had a swinging strikeout in that span of time. I know it's terrible. So you got to get a little Seattle exposure. You got to get you some Seattle exposure. All right, Fern, where uh, where do you want to start this whole thing? Man? Um, well, what do we want to do, Sean? Do we want to uh, start by building a Kershaw line? Well, no, because I knew it was going to be hard, so I just chose not to do it. Um, okay, well, uh, then let's start with. Uh, I want to be a well, quitter, are we, What are we doing? Are we doing DraftKings? I'm doing. Why don't you go over to your go to your DK lineup over there? Go to your DK workshop right now. What I'm working with is a uh, a Rays Cleveland stack, and I think I'm probably going to fill them in. Oh, uh, the difficulty, the real difficult spot to tomorrow night is going to be. Well, I was going to say the difficult spot is really going to be figuring out what to do with third base. For me right now, third base, besides Moustakis, who I absolutely love, um, third base is a little flat. I'm not going to lie. 
Third base feels a little bit flat. Uh, you know, oh, well, excuse me. I take that back. You got Manny. What am I talking about? I for completely forgot about the O's against... Oh, wait a second. Here we go. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing here. Um, all right. So here's... Oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> Don't you hate that feeling when you feel like you figured it out and you're like, oh, I hear you, buddy. All right. Here's what I got. Yeah. You ready, Fern? A little, um, a little Orioles stack... Uh, mixed with so Cleveland, so three a three two two uh, with Mike Clevenger, so Lucas Duda, Corey Dickerson, um, followed by Jose Ramirez and Jay Bruce, and then a three man Baltimore stack: Manny Machado, Tim Beckham, and uh, Mark Trumbo, who you know, for what it's worth, has been hitting the ball pretty hard lately, um, and and you know he does not he doesn't necessarily hit righties all that well. Um, and I probably would rework this in some way in order to get myself up to Mancini or something like that. But uh, I think you could do worse than Mark Trumbo. Yeah, I I definitely hear you on that one. Um, yeah, Trumbo, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the thing with Trumbo is, like, at some point he's going to click and, and he'll be fine. Um, right. Uh, I'm looking here. Just trying to like hammer this out. Um, okay, so I wanna I wanna do something here on DraftKings where I get Kershaw and Jack Flaherty. Oh, nice. Um, okay. I like Mitch Garver at catcher. Yeah, you could do the Minnesota stat. Uh, but although Minnesota's priced up all over the industry these they are. days, man. Let's let's actually let's drop down here. I got I just Kansas was gonna State say, back. yeah. Sal Perez at twenty eight hundred. Then I got Chris Davis at thirty eight hundred. Um, and then your boy Moose at thirty eight. Um, nice. With the shit at forty one. So I like Wit and Moose, uh, but they're kind of far apart in the order. Oh, well, Sal is kind of in the middle there. I need a shortstop and a couple outfielders. Who are some cheap outfielders I can get here? Well, who's a cheap shortstop? I need Brandon Moss, cheap cheap um, outfielders. Taylor Motter gets some run, doesn't he? He does. Uh, Mitch, I was going to say, I think Mitch Hanniger yeah. took his spot. Oh, my gosh. The freaking uh, – the Mariners hey, are hey, so cheap. Hey, what about Adam Rosales against Kyle Freeland? Um, yeah, yeah, that's very very. Or reliable. Paul DeJong is a hundred dollars more against Johnny Cueto, who's who. By the way, if you guys don't realize this, Johnny Cueto is returning after an absence. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. He, he was, was really very no. Good that's before. my point. He was really bad. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I. So right now. Uh, on DK, I've got Kershaw and Flaherty, Sal Perez, Chris Davis, Whit Merrifield, Mike Moustakis, DeJong, Cruz. Because I just I feel like I need to get I need to get Nelson Cruz. Um, in this okay, you're all in on Nelson yeah. Cruz. I just I need to get Cruz against Manaya. Like 
Mania's been just really, really, really bad, and Cruz is really, really, really good. And I got 3,500 left over. Um, so there's a lot I can do there with that 3,500. Um, you know, I, I got to, you know, I have a gigantic list of players here, so. Yeah, no, you can do anything with 3,500. All right, you ready for a Kershaw lineup yeah. on FD? Four man, four man Kansas City stack because Kansas City's just priced pretty well for power and upside. You get, um, I didn't realize Melky Cabrera was only 2,800. He's going to be batting in the three hole, no doubt about it. So I went. Hosmer, Moustakis, Cabrera, and Moss, which gives me like a very strong core to that lineup. All of those guys will be batting from the left side. Um, and then, you know, I wasn't in love with Seattle, but looking at their prices, you can get some righties from Seattle for really good salary relief. Gene Segura, 2700 is just, that's such a good price for a contact hitter. Um, Mitch Hanniger, 2800 he was in the five hole last time out. Mike Zunino smashes. We know he's 2,900 at catcher, which, you know, is a little bit spendy. But if you want to kind of complete the correlation and get, you know, a number of guys in there that uh, should be in a good position against Manaya, I think Zunino is certainly one of them that goes overlooked. And then I needed, I needed to kind of find some savings at second base as a one-off because I paid up for catcher. So I went to uh, Brad Miller there uh with the shit is just so expensive on 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 FanDuel tonight so i, I couldn't go, go i i got something for you here buddy ryan braun is 3200 on dk yeah what am i missing am Dude, i missing this is something the kind of here no i, I, I mean know. i haven't been like screw i mean he hasn't hit a dinger in years it's been really bad actually shit he's been really bad Oh, fuck, dude. 3,200 is like nothing. I know, I know. Tanner Roark is not exactly a world beater either, but he has been good in the second half. Tanner Roark, he has. came off the You're DL, right. has been way more effective. All right, so then I love Yasiel Puig against Lamette. I love, I love Puig. Puig doesn't strike out, and he's got great bat speed. He does well against pitchers who have ga- throw gas like Lamette. And Puig has just been really good in the second half. Um, and then Melky. I guess we could put Melky in there instead of Braun. Um, so Kershaw, Flaherty. Uh, I got the Royals four-man stack. Um, if you're feeling frisky on DK, you can do the five-man stack. But Sal, Witt, Mike, Moustakis, and Melky. Um, Chris Davis at first, DeJong at short, Cruz at outfield one, Puig at outfield two, and of course, Melky, like I mentioned before, at my third outfield spot. So, you know, things will uh, transpire as the day goes on. We'll see who's in the lineup where. Maybe something emerges and we see Adam Rosales <laughs> batting leadoff or whatever the fuck it was the other day where he. Yep. Lead off dong. Who knows? Yeah, you got to wait for that yep. value to open up. There's some things happen. I mean, it, there's there, but there are enough places to go tomorrow night that you can fit Kershaw in on this slate. Um, if you're paying attention, the Rays are cheap. Seattle's cheap. There's some great bats in Kansas City that are underpriced. 
Um, you know, and don't forget, you know, guys. I mean, like just looking at the pitchers again. I mean, if you if you want to, uh, you know, let your big old balls hang there, fade Kershaw and go to, uh, you know, go to. I mean, go to shoot, go to Luis Castillo against Pittsburgh. Go to Sonny yeah. Gray against Boston. You know, I don't know how Sonny. I guess the Yankees did. They just don't like Fister in that situation. Yeah. Well, Fister but. Fister has been pretty good lately. I'm 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 been impressed with him. Uh, Kev, yeah. I mean, uh, Jimmy Nelson against Washington. Washington isn't the same, although they did get Trey Turner and Jason Worth back, so there's something there. But you know, if you if you yeah, get uh, creative, you know, and do your arts and crafts, and you know, make a nice uh, macaroni uh, macaroni collage, you know, you can put together a nice lineup without Kershaw. It's for that's for damn sure. Macaroni collage. <laughs> yeah, make your macaroni necklace yep. lineup. So we've okay. got two. We've got and, two minutes uh, before we're at the one hour and thirty minute mark. So. We got to have some parting words for our last baseball podcast of the season. Last baseball podcast of the season. Listen, you can't win anything in MLB DFS if you play the chalk. I, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in just making sure that what you have does not go owned over 20%. Um, unless you have something that's owned below 5%. I continue, if you play enough, you begin to see how how there's just no possible way to climb the leaderboard when you own the exact same players as someone else. I mean, I just jumped up into the cash line because of a Randall Gritchick, or excuse me, because of a, not the Randall Gritchick homer, which by the way, I fucking call the Randall Gritchick homer, I called it against You Bumgarner. did. I saw it in the uh, cheat sheet. Um, yeah, I was like... You put a star listen, next to it. You put asterisks. I put asterisks next to it because I knew people were going to be like, Sean, what the fuck are you talking about? Randall Gritchick homer. He's batting in the seventh hole against Bumgarner in the worst home run park in the league. And I was like, the pitch profile is too good against 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 Bumgarner. Now, it's total luck that he did against, against Matt Cain. But the pitch profile was good. And I just, because of that fucking uh, walk by Jose Martinez and the run that he scored, I, no one has Jose Martinez. He's like yeah. 4%. So I'm now yeah. in the cash. Like that, it's, you have to have people who are yeah. low owned. And I think NFL is going to be the same way. You guys are going to hear us preach, preach this, play people that aren't being yep. played. Totally. Yeah, I think also with NFL – you know, and you're going to, you know, in NFL, you can go in, go into things, you know, confidently with one or two lineups. But I think with baseball, um, you know, over the long haul, you're best served with going in with multiple lineups. That's just my, um, you know, my, my thoughts on, yep. on playing MLB DFS is it's very rare that you can see sustained success with one lineup per night. Um, God bless you. If you can uh, do one one lineup per night and be like a really profitable player, um, but I found that going with at least three, ideally like five to ten lineups per night works best for me. So um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with MLB this year, but Sean, dude, football, I'm so pumped. I'm ready. 
I am right now looking at the football uh, pricing. Sorry, it was just up on a tab that I had. I was like, "Oh wow!" Ooh, did you did you say something? I was just looking at uh, I was looking at Deshaun right, Kaiser's price for Week One. Deshaun Kaiser's price is like week negative a hundred dollars. He he's is... like forty five hundred on DraftKings, I think. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is six on DK. On, on okay. FD, dude. That's a fucking lock. Deshaun yeah. Kaiser against that funnel. Maddie that Ryan. funnel. Matty Ryan against the yeah. Bears. Is- yeah, 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 man. Yeah. Matty Matty Ryan against the Bears is pretty sweet. I mean, that's Ben Roethlisberger has. Oh my god! Him. I want to talk about football for like five hours. All right, let's end this show. Yeah, let's end this show, happening. and we're going to record our 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 NFL podcast like ASAP. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, good luck in what contest. We'll see you. uh, We love you guys. You're awesome. Take care. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.